0: Beardy and the Beast Media Club. Ba-da-ba, ba-da-ba. This is placeholder intro song.
1: I may have listened to the Millennium Parade U while I was waiting for
0: you. Again. Lo, lo, lo. <laughs> Welcome to the Beardy and the Beast Media Club. This is a gathering where we do not shy away from spoilers. We will unveil these spoilers intentionally to the masses. We're available here and on many other services with a full list available at BeardyAndTheBeast.com. As always, we humbly ask for a like or a subscribe, but honestly, if you have something to express, let us know in the comments or join the discussion in our Discord. My name is Drew. With us is the music in our hearts that was the friends we met along the way. Devin? So many friends. (laughs) Today we'll be discussing 2021's Studio Chizu film, Ryu, Ryu 2, Sobakasu no Hime, or Bell. So Devin, was this piece a beauty or was it a beast?
1: Oh, it was a beauty. It was good. I, it was like, I've listened to the music a lot before seeing this. In fact, that's what made us watch this was you sharing a random music video. Yeah, months ago. And uh, I know we, we kind of talked, like, even with the name of it, it's like Beauty and the Beast, so figuring out where the story's going. Uh, I really appreciated that it was its own story and just paid homage to like Disney's Beauty and the Beast in multiple places.
0: Yeah, that was something that I really enjoyed about the film was that it went it went homage, not replication or interpretation yeah it's it's like it had a a framework, but like an adaptation to something more culturally relevant now, mm-hmm. at least in Japan,
1: yeah, oh
0: even here I think yeah, I suppose, I and mean, we can get into that too a few a few of the homage parts the one that i really liked is when the helper ais were looking on and they were like like they were frightened and like concerned for for bell yeah and there was definitely a fine china kind of feeling there
1: yeah of course it's the big one where they did the ballroom scene but there was a couple of subtle ones that i really liked Um, that could very much be blink and you miss it. Like, um, um, Suzu's cup that she was drinking from had a chip in it. Right in the real world, it's like, aw, it's like a reference to Chip.
0: (laughs) Was that what that was a reference to? I didn't catch that at all.
1: Yeah. I'm fairly certain that was meant to be a reference to Chip. Um, And uh, the other big one that that popped out at me was the when she was going to the when she was finding the beast's castle Mm -hmm. the dragon's castle uh the red cloak was very similar to the cloak that she wore that Belle wore in beauty and the beast Mm -hmm. and then kind of went to that same wolf type scene with the um, internet police (laughs) 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 you know he comes in to save her like i i really appreciate it how that was done and yeah, I really appreciated that it was subtle. It was definitely an homage, but it wasn't trying to be Beauty and the Beast.
0: Not at all. in fact, I, I started questioning it like halfway through the film. Like I, I picked up the domestic abuse angle like early on. Yeah. And of course, I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out who it was and I was definitely jumping in between, like, potential characters. Yeah. And I think they, re- they were really trying to push it as Shinobu, but I kind of was like, no, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem applicable.
1: Yeah. I I was feeling like they were trying to go that way, especially where he's like, oh, I've got stuff to talk to you about. Uh, it's like, okay. I, I could see that being, because there was... And in essence, there was like a a virtual love triangle, <laughs> right? Because you had sh- Shinobu, and there there was at least affection around Shinobu and and uh, Shizu, and of course Bell and um and the dragon.
0: Hmm. Uh.
1: So I I thought there might have been a way that they would have <clears throat> combined it. I was interesting. Is like he didn't come across as. Abused because I picked up that angle too, so I thought it was going to be um Shinjiro. I know they called him another name and I can't remember what it is now. And I didn't write it down because I'm dumb. <laughs> um I thought it might have been him as well, but I was pleasantly surprised that it was nope, no one related at all.
0: Well, especially like, in a, a world of like would they say like actually five billion occupants of this virtual reality world? Yeah like even the fact that it was someone in Japan was amazing. Yes.
1: Literally on the other side of the country.
0: <laughs> yeah. The I really wonder about. I didn't see it as like a love love triangle at all and I or even a romance between Bell and the Dragon. I think I at some points projected that upon Like Dragon and Bell, it's probably because there wasn't actually any form of like developed relationship between the two. Yeah,
1: they didn't. Yeah, I don't think they directly uh, developed it, but they did definitely mention it when Kay and Suzu actually met in person. They did
0: actually say the "I love you." He did. He did. Yes. And it wasn't even acknowledged.
1: Yes, but there were other aspects that were throughout it too. Like you got to remember the, the choir moms. Specifically, call Suzu out for being in love, mm. and I mean she did go to kiss him, kiss the beast, but when he kind of pulled away, she changed it into a hug instead.
0: Oh, just I, I saw it as an a, initial. It was it was entertaining to me because it the way that I saw it was. Initial attraction, some events occur, and like immediately the uh, the moment goes to what was it, uh Lu- Luca confessing to Suzu and her not even acknowledging it. Mm. So it's like emotion like emotionally in psychology, like how much I'm wondering what could be considered just backlash from her thinking that she had lost her original love interest and was projecting onto another. How much of it was us projecting the original story, Beauty and the Beast, onto this?
1: I definitely think there's some. I can see some aspects of this projection. Again, there's just there's enough references to it. So almost in the same way that um, when we look at Mononoke, like we, we know that um, that um, San and oh, why can't I not remember his name? It's like, not that <laughs> like, There's attraction there, even though it doesn't fully explore it, but there's, again, those passing references to it. I mean, the story isn't about... It's not the love story that we have from Beauty and the Beast, but it's what you'll do from love, and it's what gives her that sense of protection. Like, yeah. Why she felt like she had to go there but the story didn't need to be about their romance.
0: Well, this story wasn't about romance at all.
1: Yeah. No, but it was definitely,
0: this was definitely like girl finding herself, which I kind of like called from the get go.
1: Mm. Well, it's the whole concept of grabbing an avatar in a new
0: world. The, The first thing that I, I wrote down was learning to move on. Uh, from mother's death and finding her her voice, yeah, I'm like, and I'm glad that they stuck with that, yes, and I'm glad that any any romance plots to it were back burner, yeah, in fact the the fact that uh what was it Shinjiro and uh who was the other girl ruku um,
1: is that ruku, or I've got her I might have been
0: confused There's...
1: Ruka and there was, uh, um, Hiroka, and I think it was Ruka. Yeah, Hiroka was the friend. Ruka was the like the sax player. I think.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like how I could probably make a decent argument that the Shinjiro Ruka like romance was more uh, more explored than anything from any other character, and I think I like that. I liked that the primary story was about a girl finding herself, and just her interaction with everybody around her. Mm-hmm. It wasn't focused on like just a like a half baked romance plot.
1: Yeah, oh, I appreciate is uh, it like I think there was little things there. Like, I mean, even with Ruka and uh, Shizu, yeah, uh, Suzu, Suzu was hesitant to say anything to Ruka because she thought Ruka was into Shinobu.
0: Yes. That whole line of things, like, Suzu didn't think she was good enough and thought Ruka liked Shinobu, and then she essentially gave up and turned to dragon, and it turned out... (laughs) Uh, Ruka didn't even like Shinobu in that way, but is actually interested in my boy Shinjiro.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who clearly doesn't know what a canoe is.
0: Yeah, that was obviously a kayak. I'm just saying. First
1: thing I thought was like, why does he have a kayak? Or,
0: um, well, it's, That's beside the point. It's, it's probably because, like, you can, but usually canoeing is, like, at least a two-person thing. If he's the only person in his club. <laughs> yep, that's fair. Maybe Studio Chizu doesn't know what a canoe is or it possible no because there was canoe wasn't there canoe in english written on his banner yep like it, it can't even be like a bad translation thing.
1: no because <laughs> because that did enter my head but no it was clearly canoe
0: i had that <laughs> moment too actually i was like that doesn't look like a canoe war
1: and, like, and then you see on? him carrying out the kayak <laughs> which
0: by the way buff Yep. <laughs> Actually okay. I would I'd like to take a moment that whole that whole interaction between uh Suzu, Ruka, and Shinjiro, like the whole like confession thing, had me smiling um, from ear to ear and like I thought it was so adorable.
1: It was so beautiful. Uh, uh Yeah, the smiling ear to ear. Um I just like And it played the rule of threes again really nicely. Mm -hmm. You know, he backs off, she pushes him in. He backs off, she pushes him in again. They say they both like Belle, she backs off. I'm like, that's a great payoff. I find it interesting that everyone knew that she was Belle.
0: Uh. Oh, yeah.
1: I found that interesting. I'm not 100% certain where it came from, but I'm fine with it.
0: It was fine. It was one. Of, it was one of those moments where, I, I forgave that for the sake of the plot. Like I think it was important enough for them to have known to set the tone. I agree, but it, wasting time explaining how they would have known would have taken away from the story. Yeah, it was
1: one of those things. that's kind of like, huh, how'd they all know? But, I like I said, I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. I, it, to me, actually, I think it where it works really well is Suzu's feeling super alone. Like after her mom, after her mom died, she shut herself off from everything. Like yeah. She actually mi- mirrors the beast very well in that regards. One of the things I noted. And even though she's feeling super alone, you know, we have, um, <clears throat> Shinobu trying to reach out to her multiple times and she just, and she's just backing away. And, yeah. and so yeah, I no saw risk. that as, It's like, you were never alone, even though you felt alone.
0: No, I agree. It's, you just made me realize, though, that there was kind of a reverse aspect in the real world.
1: Mm.
0: So her as like the solitary beast in the real world versus Belle in the digital world, it's an interesting juxtaposition.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, she had so much support structure there for her. And it kind of it kind of highlights, especially in the teenage age, like where you have you have so much, but you can't see it. So many people that yeah. are actually there for you, and like such an established support structure, even when you feel alone.
1: Yeah, well, she was in such pain. Like
0: they they did very good at
1: showing that with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, while while the dragon had the the physical pain, like. She definitely had the emotional pain why they connected. And like there there were lines that just popped out to me, like I think she was talking with Shinobu and talking about their parents. Yeah. And she's and she's just like, Well, at least you know you can talk to your parents. And I'm just like, Your dad's trying so hard. I understand why you're not, but he's trying. He's asking you if you want to have dinner every night. Um, and it, it was so heartbreaking when she's like, Yep, let's have dinner at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like Oh, such growth.
0: Many <laughs> <Then he> growth. <laughs> <Yeah>. Much wow. <laughs> the the uh, there's so much there's so much about Suzu that she couldn't see about herself that she would grow into. Mm-hmm. So when she's trying to sing and trying to sing on the bridge, she ends up like throwing up and falling over. Yeah. But it's quite clear that. There's an emotional blockage there. Yes. But I would contend that she could sing. Otherwise there's like she was in a choir. Like these women have these, these women have heard her voice before.
1: Yeah. Well, she was in the choir. Um, Everyone at the karaoke said they knew she could sing. Mm -hmm. And we remember we had the flashback of her actually mixing music with her mother. Right. So, so I agree. It's, it was definitely an emotional blockage. It's like, I understand her going into, into you, um, the name of the virtual world, and being able to sing. Uh, I almost expected all of her dialogue to be singing. <laughs>
0: that would have been like, fun. Yeah, it was a I mixture mean, comes been in too much, but would have been fun. You
1: know, or at least sing songy, I guess. Yeah. Be, right? You just have that melodic air to it. And, and one thing that I found absolutely heartwarming when. Again, this ties to there actually being affection between her and and the Beast. Is the choir? Uh, one of the choir ladies said to her, "It's like, yeah, there was a guy I liked back in middle school, and for his birthday, I gave, I wrote him a song." To her going and just out in the real world singing and coming up with a song, right, right for him. And I'm just like seeing that growth. Of when the last time we saw her try to sing, she's again hiding under the the xylophone or throwing up on the bridge to just singing without a
0: care. Well, they 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 revealed the the end of the movie in that part. Mm. Broody loner boy who's younger. <laughs> I thought I thought that was interesting and something that I, I noticed almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it works. Oh, they, they they built it all up well, and actually, that was honestly one of the things that did have me kind of leaning to Shinbu, Shinobu, possibly being the dragon. Was seeing how different Suzu compared to her Bell persona was. It's like I could see the I, I almost expected the opposite to be happening with the Beast. Shows as being outwardly okay in the real world, and. But actually, being a broody emo kid in um, in the online world, just because I was seeing those parallels between how Shuzu and Ryu were, mm-hmm. so so I kind of looked for another um, spot like that.
0: Yeah, I would have. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have enjoyed the the overall story of the show as much if it ended up being Shinobu. Yeah, maybe. No. I would have maybe given it some leeway if it was Shinjiro. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But the fact that it was almost someone like, well, was someone unaffiliated and was someone that they revealed earlier, but just you didn't notice. Yeah,
1: absolutely love that. I I think the story is much better for doing that.
0: I think this would be a good good break for me to talk about the things I don't like. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Because I got a lot of good things to say about this. Um, yeah, sure. film cuz it's it, honestly a great film. Though I appreciated the anime difference between the world of you mm-hmm. and the like outer world. I just really don't like uh cell shading. Mm. I don't think it adds anything. I think there's only negatives to it from a visual standpoint. And it's it's mostly just like subjective. It's opinion. but it's, it's the way that I would explain it in my own personal opinion. Cell shading is kind of like the kind of like the uncanny Valley when it comes to like 3d animation. Mm. It's just like something feels very off about it. Yeah. Uh, I can see that.
1: Uh, I've definitely seen some where it's like, Oh God, but why mm -hmm. Um, I've honestly put off watching like ghost in the shell Standalone Complex 2045, because they changed it to Computer Animated. Yeah. Uh, they, as much as I love Ghost in the Shell. But thankfully in this they, case... Thankfully, they didn't abuse it.
0: Yes. It was used as tastefully as cell shading can be used.
1: And done for various... Sty- and clearly done for stylistic reasons.
0: Yes, that's where word this comes.
1: Yeah. Speaking of the real world... Man, did I get some sheeply vibes with how those, some of those landscapes looked...
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, this is, oh, top tier. <laughs> and honestly, it was how good the uh, real world was that it, it somehow both added and took away from the cell shaded world, mm. the world of view. Because of how quality it was, it took me, when it would switch between the two worlds, I would become a, I was no longer part of the film. I was a viewer of the the film. Right. So there was like that shock of it. Mm. I mean, there's no good way to do that transition. No. Though I do like the, when she first entered, entered, you had that, uh, magical girl transformation, magical girl transformation into the gates of full, full metal alchemist kind of creepy. Like I was like, what? It was, it was a mood. It was a mood. Um, (laughs) Yeah, how good it was took away from it, but because of how distinct it was added to it and mm-hmm. gave you the feeling that this is a separate existence. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other thing I didn't like is there was no acknowledgement of the father's emotions. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to the the loss of his his wife, I didn't see any acknowledgement of that. It was just all about Suzu. And I know the story is about Suzu, but I would have liked, like, a grain of something there. I think I disagree with you on that point. So,
1: I mean, this is a few years later, right, from From when she lost her mother. Um, you can tell, like, just how young she was, right, <clears throat> in the in the flashback. To me, I saw that pain in his attempts to give her a ride and his attempts to have dinner with her. I, I and this could just be me filling it in. I saw that as a him just desperately trying to reach out to keep family. What he has left of his family.
0: Yeah, that but that has to do with the it... relationship of Suzu and him. It has nothing to do with the relationship of him and his wife. There just wasn't an acknowledgement mm-hmm. about that. Like there's kind of a self-centered aspect of this film about how directly everything was regarding Suzu in some way, way or another yeah, um, but there was enough gimmies when it came to other side characters that I, I would have expected at least a little something when it came to uh, him and his wife like even something like she she walks out of the, the room to go study or whatever, and he like looks like a, at a photo of all three of them, so yeah. it's not quite clear and he says something like "I miss you." Because that could be related to her. It could be related to the family. It could be. It's something I didn't like.
1: You know, it's 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 interesting. So you say that because I had a very brief thought, very brief thought that the dragon was the father.
0: You know, I I had a little twinkling, like maybe a third of the way through the film. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I just had that, just that slight twinkling, and. Again, it's just that that same thing. It's the, you're there, you're brooding. This is how he's escaping by, you know, going to the fighting pits. And
0: Well, I mean, metaphorical scars too. Yeah.
1: Like the the
0: scars of loss that are actually showing up on the body because it's a, I mean, they even even did that. Yeah. But that being said, I actually, now that I've vented, (laughs) I'd, I'd like to move on. I got a question to ask you, but is... Was there anything that expressly stood out that you didn't like?
1: The the only thing that stood out to me was I wasn't quite happy with how the dragon and Belle met. Okay. Yeah. Like that, that's probably the major narrative. Uh, I could have seen something as like, okay, well he's in the fighting pits and this seems to be a big thing. And it's like halftime show. Hmm. It is. It's almost like a slight change. I would have done.
0: Oh, like the just, actual just, original interaction.
1: Yeah, just that. That was probably the bigger thing that stood out to me. It's just like there probably could have been something else to.
0: No, I agree. Uh, in fact, it seemed too much to be a coincidence. Yes, like. The, especially when you assume that the dragon's been escaping these police people for a while. It seems quite adept at it. And the fact that it's not someone who wants attention, mm-hmm. yet somehow goes into the middle of like a multi-million audience concert. Yeah. When it's quite obvious that this is an event venue, like a major one in this virtual world. Yeah. the The fact that he even entered it didn't make sense. Yeah. Is he, um, there's nothing about his character that screamed that he's doing it for attention.
1: No, like I could have almost seen just a, thrown more Disney references. You know, almost doing something more akin to, you know, the opening of Aladdin, where Aladdin technically first runs into Jasmine, right? That it, it's coincidental that they meet, but in a in a more natural way, because we're following him mm-hmm. while she's right, um, something like that. So, like, I would have been happy with. Yeah, in my mind, it would go. Yeah, you have the fights, which are a big, big event, and the concert. You go, why not get both audiences? Mm. You have that halftime show, right? So you can she can watch the fight or whatever and have whatever emotion she has from that, and then have the, the police come in and ruin her
0: concert. Yeah. Because, right? Just something like that to. I know I noticed this too, but yeah it it didn't like super stand out to me and it's I'm not usually someone to like focus on the the negatives uh explicitly during a film. It's just I know that there's gonna be a whole lot of positives in this discussion, so I need yeah, to fair. make sure that it's balanced um <laughs> that's fair, so my question to you, and this is something I'm wondering um I guess some background i guess it's a a genre itself of the uh the disney princesses Mm -hmm. uh i would i would i would probably characterize you as a adept study of Mm -hmm. the genre you're Mm -hmm. very familiar with um these stories the lore the music yeah um so i'm wondering and i mean you can go off if you want how did this stand up in comparison and I mean, of course musically um and story wise, and my follow up question, do you think Suzu should be crowned as a Disney princess,
1: okay. So let's unpack this in a few different ways. Uh,
0: of course, I am, I am your captive audience. Really help me. So,
1: so I'm going to start off with the music, yeah. and, and and how that's done. Uh, one benefit. So even though this was obviously a blind watch through, um, I did have the benefit of hearing um, like the Millennium Parade "You" yeah. um, song before. Um, and I found a version of the song that kind of had a little bit more of the music mixed in. So a few more of Bell's songs kind of all.
0: Is it like a 15 hour millennium parade loop on YouTube? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I was very aware of the music going in Mm -hmm. and I knew that there was going to be narrative importance to it. So I'm looking at how is this going to affect the film? One of the things I've noticed right off the bat was the themes that were playing in Belle's songs were mattered throughout the music. Like even the instrumental pieces, it was subtle, but there was clearly the building up of the themes Mm -hmm. uh, of her songs. And it helped give that emotional resonance that tied the story together.
0: Did it, um, did it, satisfy you in a way like um, expressing the emotional state and overall themes of that section musically so how it would be expressed in a Disney film they often do their best to do that did it would it stand up to your bar when it comes to expressing it I would say it does pretty close Mm -hmm. I think the places where it the places where it
1: doesn't doesn't come from how it was presented it comes from reading the subtitles of the lyrics mm. while she's singing um so it gives it, it just by the nature of watching it that way it makes it a little harder to to fully connect because you have to split your focus a little bit um i found the like basically her first song coming in is her. I want song, right. Talking about the melody, showing her the path and, uh, which is just perfect. It, it talked to, um, especially when you juxtapose that with her literally just throwing up, yeah. <laughs> trying to sing. So you go into that. I want song of, of having the melody, ha- finding her voice again, uh, played very well. Uh, And stuck with her as a character. Mm -hmm. It was always about finding the melody. Um, Even right to the end, it was find the melody to get Kay to to trust her when he thinks it's, when as far as he knows, everything's just shattered. Mm -hmm. Right? So it stuck with that theme of the I Want song very well throughout. And they were very good at, playing hints of, I think she basically had three different me- melodies throughout and played very well through those. So, um, a big point that clear that, that stood out to me again is subtle because it wasn't the forefront of the music, but it was definitely part of it was the song she wrote, um, for the dragon. That music was playing during her confrontation with Kay's father. Mm. Right. So, they kept these themes, right? So this is a song that she's made to have that trust, to build that relationship with the dragon and having that thematically being there.
0: While she's standing under it's own
1: while she's standing up for him. Yeah. Uh, so it definitely, definitely stands out, stands up that way. Uh, it's a the, I found the music fit very well, much like it doesn't care on Tuesday. mm. Um, Carol and Tuesday had the benefit of the songs all being in English, so we didn't need to worry about splitting the focus in the same way, but, um, it was definitely there and it helped that I was familiar with the songs, So.
0: was well, someone I completely, as someone who wasn't as familiar with the songs, even though this was a show or a movie that I had discovered, um, yeah. I, even while reading the subtitles during the singing, Mm-hmm. like the the way that it was expressed by Kaho or Kaho Nakamura uh, the singer there was no part of that song where I was taken out because I had the split focus yeah i i still felt the emotions maybe not as strongly as if if i was japanese or understood japanese yeah. but they were expressive enough that even reading it just knowing that little bit more about the emotion only added mm-hmm. on top
1: of it Yes. It very much so. Well it's, and I mean that's a big thing, like just looking at the music video. Like I felt that emotion just watching the music video and like looking at the comments on those music videos is like there's just so much emotion here. I can't wait for this to come out because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and that's pretty much universal. Like
0: um, well, this is uh you mentioned Carol on Tuesday and one of the things that I did, um Almost immediately after finishing watching this movie, is I suggested this film to a friend of mine who is another person who holds Hockey on Tuesday* uh, with high esteem, mm-hmm. I'm like, "You're gonna love this film." Yeah, it it definitely stands out that way to me. Yeah. So, how about the um, overall story structure when it comes to I know, like. There's so much that can be improved upon when it comes to Disney. Mm. So I I don't know if I'm poisoning the well too much by saying that, <laughs> but like, how do you feel that it stands up narratively to a Disney princess story?
1: So to the majority of the... It's different than the majority of the Disney princess stories. Mm. Um, the one that I would actually tie it to the most was for some reason taken out of the Disney princesses. Um, is, <laughs> I, yeah, um, is, uh, Esmeralda.
0: Okay.
1: I actually tie like just the way the narrative of the story is done. Feels much more in line with Hunchback and Notre Dame. Because, and, and to go into that further, it's the Hunchback of Notre Dame didn't shy away from telling a more complex story. Yeah. Like, like having recently rewatched it, I'm like, this is heavy stuff for a kid. (laughs) Like they just have a lot in there. A lot of the Disney princess films kind of, they can sometimes gloss over things. This movie was about half an hour longer than the standard Disney princess film. Mm -hmm. And I feel that extra half an hour adds to it because we just get that little bit more depth around it. Just pulling out the core, it's actually fairly similar to a lot of them. Uh, even, let's just talk about Beauty and the Beast, which one of my favorite animated films of all time. Belle and the dragon's interactions were. They're actually not that far off from the development you get between Beauty and the Beast I agree. in the Disney version. So, like, in, I mean, I think that's part of where we're talking about the the love aspect and such not necessarily showing out, but it was condensed very similar to how it was in the Disney films. Um, I think narratively, it actually, yeah, put this on par with a lot of in that regards and they added things in the right places that you couldn't really do in the Disney films. uh, But that just comes from the, the nature of the split world. Yeah. The very clear split world. Um, Not in the same way, so like, you know, you have, sure, the aerial, you have the underwater world and the human world, but it's not, you don't get the crossover like you do in this. And I think that added to it, um, so I definitely put it on par, on par with it, and I think it says something when um, the director of the film, uh, one of his other films that's been on my list to watch for a while, is... The only non-Ghibli animated film to be nominated for uh, best animated picture. When you think of the animated films, I mean Beauty and the Beast can... Oh, you're talking about
0: Digimon, digital monsters.
1: Yes, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mira, I think was or mm. Mirei was nominated, or may have won.
0: I'll tell you what I like. I don't want to get too too sidetracked here, but. Yeah. I think as long as there isn't any weird like drama or uh funding issues, like I definitely see Studio Chizu being like as well known and as highly regarded as uh Ghibli. Oh yeah.
1: Like, if if this is any indication again, like the two other films that I know, they've been on my list and now they're just bumping up on my list. Um the Mirai and the girl who led through time. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking
0: <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I, I think I'm thinking we might have to figure out a uh, Studio Ghibli playlist.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, so, it's not as extended as our uh, yeah. Ghibli one.
0: <laughs> Making yeah. good progress though. Yes. <laughs> the. So does uh, does Suzu have what it takes to be be a princess? Oh, I think so.
1: I, I think she, she definitely could. Could fit in there, especially with like some of the more, like some of the more modern ones, like Rapunzel and Rapunzel. And them, like, I mean, again, Belle.
0: Yeah,
1: she really like the connection between Belle and Belle. <laughs> between there's, wait, she's wait, there's in, a connection and, there. <laughs> it was throughout. Justin was clearly an xp of Gaston. And just that same defiant look that she had. It's like, it was, she gave me the same vibes as Belle without the Stockholm Syndrome.
0: (laughs) Actually, that, that's something that I really appreciated about it. There was no inclusion of that Stockholm Syndrome section. Yeah. Like we, we, we have a character here who at least did not feel initially strong. Mm. It became strong though, though supported it was kind of you know find finding that that strength she had she always had like along the yeah. way sort of thing and i i don't want to get into another rant about like actual good writing for uh strong women in films because it's almost always done wrong i guess it is damn it writers making everybody weak doesn't make a woman strong writing a, a good solid character is strong is what makes a a good female character strong in a film
1: there was a video that i watched ages ago by um a channel called literature devil i've Mm. shown you a couple of his videos in the past and it was talking about what makes a good character the video in particular doesn't fully tie to this his video was about can a racist character be heroic and the argument was yes very much so and the idea is because it's overcoming what's perceived as a flaw, okay, yeah, and that that's what makes a strong character, right? And that's what you have here. You have a character who feels weak, feels powerless, and despite all of that, she turns around and says, "No." she stands in the way." of a yeah, physical we, presence that's much powerful
0: um a using pure um, conviction alone pure conviction that i really appreciate
1: it yeah and she was willing to give up everything and knows fully well that she was giving up everything and it could end it real bad for her in the physical in the physical world and in the digital world mm-hmm. but she refused to give in and that's the strength that's strength
0: well it's strength of character is what it is yeah. like gaining that strength of character is what makes us a strong character and i think they express that so well in this mhm to to the point where like uh when i when i stopped watching this film i'm like that's how it's done that's yes what i said to myself yeah
1: and and they they did it in so many ways throughout the film too so i think to um susie's mother mhm Right. She, you know, her mother's clearly there for, you know, teaching her how to mix music and such. I thought it was just beautiful. And, you know, to her feeling like her mother abandoned her to her feeling. It's like, why did you care about this kid more than you cared about your own daughter? And all of those comments around it. Right. Like, cause everyone's like, Oh, they're basically saying that to her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no wonder you're so shut in and and worried about this and you know just trying not to be a bother to anyone cuz this is what your life's been like for a few years now you know probably have, you know good quarter of your life <laughs> and to having her literally give about everything cuz it sounds like when you're unveiled not only are you doxed, but it basically kicks you out of the world to have her stand up do that. And it cut to a flash of her mother going and saving that kid again. And I'm just like, that's the character growth Yeah, because all of a sudden we're watching this scene and she's like, and now I know why my mom did that. And it was just powerful.
0: I'll Um, tell you one thing again, I I don't want to derail, but there's just so many little tidbits I loved about this, this film. And one of them was that they didn't go into this other kid at all. Mm hmm. It Did't end up being a side character or anyone else that they referenced aside from the kid that her mother saved, yeah, and it made it made it about the act mm-hmm. opposed to the relationship that Suzu would have had with this other this kid, so yeah. that's what helped keep that power, especially mm-hmm. in that moment, and the editing and the choices scene choices right at the end there and that and those final scenes, like I was sitting there getting a little teary eyed and I'm like, movies usually don't do this to me yep (laughs) like i'm like feeling kind of emotional right now and like i've watched some emotional movies they they glance off most of the time but i'm sitting here and i'm like the power of that scene the editing the sound choices like all in those little moments um really stood out to me especially especially there was like that little glance off moment where the last most famous uh singer yeah uh like straight up said oh she's, she's just a normal girl like me. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, Bella's just an ordinary girl like me. Yeah. Actually wrote it down here and I was like, and that kind of made me connect in a little bit more. And what I mean by that is, uh, I had forgot that each one of those avatars was representing somebody from the real world. Yeah. They were just characters in this digital world to me. And that was the connecting moment. Mm-hmm. even though I know I knew that dragon and the little angel ghost and bell all had real life proxies. There was still something otherworldly about it that wasn't connected. So mm-hmm. like in that scene, there were so many little things that were getting tied up. Yeah. I was just like, it was, it was an amazing scene. It was a scene that again, something we've praised in, in
1: many of the animated films we've watched now is they did so much with so little nothing wasted nothing wasted during that scene I did write a slight little bit of headcanon
0: <laughs> okay let's hear it
1: <laughs> um, clearly Peggy Sue because she's just a normal girl like Belle clearly that was the girl that the mom saved <laughs> 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 nothing tying it at all Just I'm like, yeah, this is my headcanon now <laughs>
0: Okay. I mean, it it doesn't fit in my head canon, so I well, won't do anything to disrupt yours.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not realistic in any way, shape, or form. It's like, yeah, especially considering they actually did have the characters so disconnected, which
0: isn't a bad thing, like we've said. I wonder. I actually had to check the writer of this film, because, I mean, I might, I might have to ask my friend who I suggested this to, uh, or... Hopefully people will discuss it in the comments or at our Discord. But I had to check the writer, and it looks like it was, at least prime credit was Mamoru, uh Hosoda. And I actually had to check, and I'm like, was this written by a girl?
1: Because
0: mm. it seemed to me that, I mean, I might be just generalizing or something, but everything about it seemed to be giving me The perspective of a girl as if it had been written by someone who had experienced that as a girl yeah so there was there's something very like i was surprised Mm. um i mean there might be like subwriters or other like other people who also contributed to it but there was something about the tone of it that maybe made me assume that like this perspective a of a teenage girl could have only been written by someone who had teenage years as a girl
1: yeah it's interesting because Miyazaki of Ghibli Mm. manages to catch it as well though right like spirited away I get that feeling too so you know it could just be people you know I don't know maybe it's just they care about the characters enough to
0: To like make that extra effort
1: yeah to make that extra effort I mean the so
0: they don't uh, treat characters as an identity they treat characters of right. as a fully fledged thing. Like even Shinjiro, who's like your your goofy kind of you your goofy guy, he's fleshed out enough that like I assume that he was clumsy. However, there's mm. nothing about his character that actually says that he's a clumsy person. Yeah. They just went into enough depth with them that you're able to make assumptions about the characters in these ways. Here's one thing I do know with Soto Mamoru. even though like
1: majority of his credits and you look at it's like oh yeah digimon and stuff
0: well that's when he was with Toei.
1: yep but there were other things that he's done too that he's done writing on and um animation on um like revolutionary girl lieutenant he wrote an episode of that episode writer yeah which by the way top tier probably one of my favorite animes of all time Sounds lame. <laughs> he did animation with some of the Sailor with some Sailor Moon. Uh, a couple of the uh, Sailor Moon. He was key animator for um, the Super S movie for Sailor Moon. He was key animator for it looks like three episodes of Utena. Gal Express Nine Nine Nine. So he's got
0: ties to like more expressive animation. Yeah, the, right. and it really. That experience really shines through. There was a a few moments that I was just blown away uh, with. Even in this, like I'm I'm adverse to cell shading, yeah. And they did it in such a way. A few places I was just amazed, like how beautiful it was. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned the ballroom scene before, I much preferred the ballroom scene in this compared to the original Beauty and the Beast. Like yeah. the way that it filled in yeah i thought it was amazing or like the dual-sided city and with the moon in the middle like yeah. sh- shots like this i was just amazed by and there's a few points i was like wow that's that's beautiful
1: yeah i definitely definitely knew what he was doing i mean like just looking at posters for the other films that he's been very much directly and it's like you can i can see that same type of expressiveness throughout like mm-hmm. and i can f- very much see him being the true successor to to what miyazaki's done
0: mm-hmm. um speaking of especially just, if uh earwig is anything to uh... yeah
1: <laughs> fun fact mm. he
0: was offered howls first maybe howls would have been a good movie
1: that's exactly what I expected you to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The (laughs) one thing that I really, really appreciated was it was a bit hyperbolic, but they did actually go into expressing a lot of the social media anxiety that kids would be going through around that age. Mm. Like putting so much relevance into anonymous comments online. Mm -hmm. Like, I. I don't give a crap about it. Like, you know me, I, I deleted all my social media a decade ago. Like yep. before it was cool to delete your social media, I already said that this is trash fire and it's going to ruin people. Yep. I deleted it all. And who knew I was right? I mean, the only reason <laughs> why I have any socials now is for my, my passion project, beardy and the beast. Check us out beardybeast.com, Full list of services and a almost abandoned music project that I uh, yeah. may or may not do at some point, especially like how kids focus on the negative. And some mm-hmm. of these actually, I just guess people in general, not even kids. So you had her come in and she's like, Ha half of these comments are saying bad things about me. And her friends like, and half of them are saying good things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I actually really appreciated that. And it's like, no, it's the controversy. If you just have them all saying good things, then no, then you, you haven't really made it. <laughs> It's that the, the hate comments is what shows you, uh, shows you you've made it. So start giving us some hate comments.
0: <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> My fragile soul won't be able to take it. If you do make sure that their comments on the video or on the podcast.
1: <laughs> it's, and yeah, I think it's something that people can so easily miss, especially when it comes to, um, to influencer culture. mm mm-hmm. It's just, it's all about the, oh yeah, no, we've got to get that likes. We've got to get those likes. And I mean, when social media is set up to your, everyone's only showing the best parts of themselves, of course, that's what you're going to, you're going to get. And it's going to shatter you because all you're hearing is you're like, but this was the absolute best. And you spent all this time doing the absolute best and someone didn't like it. and oh.
0: Well, I mean, you know me, I mean, maybe this is just like a weird upbringing of me, but when I was, I, I did motorcycle classes, and during the classes, I got taken aside by the instructor. We all did. Um, yeah. It wasn't a, a special exception. But, uh, to be given uh, tips and matters of approval, and all, for me, they were all, like, generic things, like, more suggestions. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, criticize me harder, Daddy. I'm like, <laughs> Tell me where I messed up, otherwise I'm not going to be able to improve.
1: Yeah. Um but I can definitely see how it's easy to get inundated with that, and, and I mean like I know there's the whole idea of celebrity culture, and I guess it's one big difference between you know mainstream celebrities and e celebrities is mainstream celebrities have a buffer. Mm. they're not the ones reading the mail. That's true, so it's not surprising that you're just gonna get that the negative comments can just pile up if you let it. Like doesn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form. I just speaking of the social media aspect of this, there was one thing that and again, not a negative on the film, just kind of something that surprised me. I didn't expect her to be an instant viral hit.
0: <laughs> mm. I,
1: I, I did think there was gonna be a little build up, like but I think that's just what my assumption of what the film would have been around about a little bit.
0: Yeah, I didn't I didn't go into it like expecting anything like that. In fact, yeah. I didn't expect that side of it at all. Mm-hmm. So it it didn't take away from the film. In fact, it structurally for me, it made it make more sense, mm-hmm. especially given her character. Yeah. So you have someone who feels weak and powerless being tossed into this limelight and how she separates it and she's trying to put on her strength at least temporarily becomes this avatar. Yeah. What I found interesting, I. I speaking of the avatar, if hope I'm not jumping too early for you. Speaking of the avatar, how it looked like, or before, Ruka? Uh, Ruka, I actually really liked. Mm. Because the way that it was, the way her character was when it started, it's supposed to be a representation of her based on biometrics or some like uh, high science thing. Yeah. So, even though she lacked the confidence, we as the viewer got to see the beauty of this character on the inside, immediately. And that was expressed by her taking something that looked similar to the most beautiful girl that she knows. Mm -hmm. So they kept fawning over Ruka, and then when it gets emulated into you... As her avatar with some changes, especially during that express expression of like it taking on her. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a nice, like a little tidbit that they had done.
1: It's, it's interesting. It's like, I see why they thought she was looking like Ruka and they both called it out throughout the film. I find it kind of funny because I didn't think it looked like Ruka.
0: And I know why. I know why this, aside from the fact that I mean like it's animation like he, yeah. we can separate out pretty good, but from yeah. a character aspect is she took on that form based on her anxiety and her weakness. Yeah. But we got to see the beauty and the strength within before of her before she did. Mm. So we already saw her as a fully realized character with her own flaws and weaknesses and strengths but she didn't see it at that time. Yeah. So that's what that projection was like. Even though there was some similarities, that was just like a form of emulation, but she's still unique and still beautiful. Oh, and that's what it, we... It,
1: yeah, yeah it, it's interesting. It's like, just as we're talking about this, it's like, just to reconfirm this to myself, like, I actually pulled up an image of Suzu and Rika. Yeah. And I... Oh, Bella the two and of Bella of Ruka? Nope, of Suzu. And they actually look they don't look that different Mm -hmm. like really the biggest difference is ruka's got longer hair
0: yeah and the freckles But and suzu has the freckles but which by the way every freckles are (laughs) top notch
1: (laughs) Uh, i find it so funny they're like people are like oh but it's a negative but why no top notch i agree yeah top
0: notch (laughs) <laughs> speaking of top notch this this film yeah uh i guess i gotta throw an arbitrary rating at this Hey, yeah we do have to do that uh, i would give this film 4.5 billion followers out of pot- of a potential 5 billion yeah this this is my my highest arbitrary rating to date
1: <laughs> yeah um i can't disagree this is a piece that i would be shocked if this piece doesn't go down in like the if this doesn't uh, get lumped in alongside spirited away princess mononoke beauty and the beast like it is it everything is. it's got everything like, it's
0: yeah i mean it's it's stunning it's got a, a unique yet revealing perspective i think it's well written I really like the fact that, again, the characters are actually well-written and unique and more than just an identity and that. I don't know if I'd feel the same after a rewatch. but what I can say about this is when I watch films for Beardy and the Beast, I watch it with an analytical mind. I had to keep reminding myself to to watch it in that manner. I lost myself in the film enough times that... I was like, this has to be one of the best films I've watched this year. Yeah,
1: I actually did the same thing. Oh yeah, I might need to actually write some notes so (laughs) when we're talking (laughs) about it. uh, Because it just pulled me in. It was super engaging. uh, And again, just some of the best character growth I've seen. Like, yeah, probably one of the best films I've watched all year we've watched some good ones Mm -hmm. um it's i i i can't wait to see more of um work like if this is any
0: indication i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if if one of uh the studio chizu films actually draws a tear from me yeah like and i don't even know like which tear related emotion it would be because i feel like they'll be able to do it like happiness sadness like loss tragedy yeah. you know
1: this is one of the films like one of there's only been one other film that we watched where it's like i just have to stop and kind of absorb after the film was done mm-hmm. like it oh. just, which what was the other that? film uh requiem did that to me oh yeah requiem just messed me up yeah um Yeah, and um, the other... Actually, it was uh, Requiem did that to me, and, um...
0: uh, Kaguya. Oh, yes, Kaguya. Kaguya,
1: like, Requiem did it because it's Requiem. Kaguya just left me with that same... Just that emotional resonance where it's like... Just have to absorb it.
0: Um, Yeah, this is definitely... This is, this is definitely in that realm. Yeah. I still said like wasn't Kaguya not well received? Should have been.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing something about yeah it was weird. Kaguya did
0: not get the love it should have gotten. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping this film gets a lot of love, um, yeah. and unless it gets you know 2020s, you know BS controversy over nothing, <laughs> I think it's gonna do awesome. Yeah, and at least. And by awesome, I mean just like, I'd love to see some word of mouth on this.
1: Well, one thing I did see, let me just see if I can find this again to confirm it. But it it's basically done the, it's um done the film festival circuit. And I believe I saw mention of at one of them, there was a 14 minute standing
0: ovation. I mean, I appreciate it, but honestly, it's still... The only thing that matters to me now is audience score. Oh, for sure. Uh, I don't like I don't even give a crap of what we have to say about films. <laughs> I guess my I have a last question before our before we head out here. Do you do you think you're gonna uh check out Kaho Nakamura, the singer? Yes. All right. <laughs> well we'll end it there then. With that, this has been Beardy and the Beast Media Club. Join us next week with special guest Ashley Good from Getting Weird with Ashley Good, where we discuss the infamous The Room. As always, we are available here and on many other platforms with a full list available at beardyandthebeast.com. Like, subscribe, or join the discussion in the comments or at our Discord. Peace.